Hello and welcome to Glitch Keyboard Gaming Podcast. And each week we take a deeper look into the art of video games. As always, I'm Christian. And I'm Chris. And welcome back, everybody. Thank you guys so much for joining us once again as we dive further into the world of games. So this week we are going to be discussing a pretty heavy topic as of late. I mean, it, we're seeing it so much with more of these newer releases. Uh, they keep kind of doing things a little different. A little unexpected, but now it's weird. It's unexpected, but now it's becoming the norm and the expected route for most brand new games, especially like bigger AAA titles that want to promise the world to us. But then upon release, they fall flat on their face. And, you know, some games actually make a comeback from this. They end up potentially delivering what they originally had offered or said they were going to accomplish within their title. And it's kind of interesting because on one point, some people feel burned out by that, right? The false promises, not delivering everything that's been given to them. And then on the other hand, the people who do go back to these games once they get their major updates, could be a year, two, six (laughs) years later for some of these titles, uh, they actually claim that it's a fantastic game. Uh, So, you know, it's... We just figured it'd be a really interesting conversation to dive into some of these quote unquote comeback stories for some games and some studios out there that might have burned some bridges, might have promised a little too much uh, and just not delivered on initial release. And then we'll kind of chat and maybe probably lead into some some conversation about how a lot of titles are now relying on that, relying on the fact that gamers can be forgetful or forgiving i guess it depends on the way that you want to really look at it and are becoming more and more okay with oh yeah this game came out but i guess i'll play it in a couple years when it's actually ready right like it's a completely different mindset nowadays and it's kind of an interesting one there but I, i don't know i have a hard time really coming back to a game especially if i pick it up day one uh and you know i could hear that it oh now it's now it's great. It's a fantastic game. You definitely have to check it out. It's hard to get that initial image out of your head of how you, how, how it was presented to you in the first place, right? Like you drop 60 mm-hmm. bucks on a game that's just not good or buggy or glitchy and or the quests go nowhere or there's no story at all. And then all of a sudden a year later they say, oh, by the way, we put story back in and it's actually really cool, right? Like, I don't really understand. Uh, to me personally, I feel like that's not okay. That's not how you deliver a product, and that's not sustainable. Uh, but I don't know. How do you feel about that? Like, are you more open to the idea of ah, I'll just come back in a year or two, and it'll probably be fixed, right? Like, I don't know. I feel like it kind of depends. Uh, in a lot of ways, I use it as an excuse to kind of like save money, right? Especially if it's like I try not to buy games before they're out, right? Like I I try not to pre-order unless I know it's going to be something good. But I feel like I haven't pre-ordered anything in a very long time. I think it was like Tears of the Kingdom, I think, because I knew it was going to be fine. But I think that was the last thing I pre-ordered. You know, it's like other than that, I'm like, I just don't trust it because of this happening. And. It's a bummer because i'm the kind of person that's like if i buy a game granted i have a lot of games so of course they're all gonna go on my backlog and then a year later i might play them 
But the problem is, like, if I play a game, it's broken. In a lot of ways, I'm like, I don't know if I'll go back to it. And it's not so much that, like, it made me hate the game. It's just more so, like, I'd rather spend that time playing something that's either more playable or just better, I guess you could say. Like, I've learned to realize my time is more valuable than kind of wasting it and struggling on something that, like, might not be complete. No, I mean, I completely agree with that. We can't just keep dropping money on things. And I I kind of miss the days back in, or I guess I miss the timing or the when people were like, like oh, you know, vote with your wallet kind of thing mm-hmm. for these game developers because they're still getting so much money for these games, even though they're broken, right? Like they're, they're, they're nothing to them. There's, there's no content behind them. It's just an empty shell of what they were telling us we were going to be able to do. And sure, like, there's a lot of games that have come back from that have, you know, fixed some things. But I sadly enough, I feel like we've been burned so many times. There's a lot of ga- like big name titles out there that I just wait. I hold off. I'm like, nah, I'm not going to play it yet. I'm going to wait a few months and see how it plays and see what people say if it even runs, first of all. Right. Because there are some games out there that I've released that just don't run at all when they initially come out and I don't understand how that's possible anymore. Like, is no one testing these things? Cause that's, that's just bizarre to me, but I just hold off and wait until I hear good things. And it's, it's kind of funny because you'll look at these titles and when they came out and it almost makes it feel like the year it came out was not the year it was released for some of these titles that are now better or actually a game that is enjoyable. Uh, and it, it makes it feel like everyone has been playing the beta phases, right? Like the playtesting mm-hmm. phases. It, it's almost like these game companies are getting free playtesting and they're fixing it on the fly instead of having to pay playtesters. And everyone seems to be okay with that. Like there is some backlash to it and some, you know, they might lose some fan base, but they're not losing everyone. And they're still very popular as far as titles go. And it's more of a a slow, steadying increase rather than like initial day one spikes of sales. It feels like they're able to prolong the amount of sales over a period of years and still become still stay relevant over years and years and years. Right. And I, I feel like one of the most prime examples of that is No Man's Sky. Right. Like mm-hmm. No Man's Sky came out, what, in 2016? And yeah. we're still talking about it today. Like it's still getting updates today. And like it now all of a sudden it feels like people I haven't checked it out, but I've heard really good things about what it was. But I got really burned by that game when it first came out because it, it came out whenever I was still going to school and it kind of opened my eyes to the idea of procedural generation. And I love that concept so much. I was following all of the press conferences. Like I was so invested in this idea and just the amount of that they promised as far as there's going to be 14 quintillion planets to explore and all that (laughs) stuff, right? Like there's all this and sure there might be 14 quintillion planets. There might be 30 quintillion planets. But when you go to each one, it's all the same shit, (laughs) right? Like it's it wasn't there wasn't the variety that it had promised. 
there wasn't like the expansive space travel and stations and everything like that that they had initially said was going to be coming out on release. But usually, and you know, it obviously flopped. Like it was not a good, it didn't get received very well when it first came out. And, you know, there were death threats. There was like a lot of stuff that was going on. But what I will say is that at least that company stuck with it, right? Like they kept updating in the game. They kept trying to work on it and respond to how the players were reacting to this game. And sure, granted, it has taken about six years to get to a point where it resembles what they had promised. It's not 100% there just yet, right? Because they did promise a lot of game. Uh, initially but it's from what i've heard it's a it's a really good game i don't know have you played it like yeah, recently I, yeah i i played quite a bit of it um i haven't played maybe like oh i played recently to try it in vr and that was kind of crazy uh the flying feels pretty realistic because you're actually like turning and you know with your hand it, it's kind of cool like the vr in that is pretty phenomenal but uh yeah i i bought a day one when it came out and i kind of knew the hype behind it and but i wasn't like how like how you how you were saying where you were following it and stuff so like i was just like oh this will be a fun space exploration like there's not much of it at the time and i don't I played quite a bit of it in the beginning. I think I probably dropped a good like 10 hours into it before realizing like there's nothing to do. Like when it first came out, it was like, oh, you have to get to the center of the universe or the center of, you know, the, the galaxy. And that was it. Like there wasn't really any story. There was like lore, like the ruins and stuff that you would kind of find translate. And I was like, this is a little too slow for me. Right. And can you like set course to the center and just leave it and then come back like a couple of days later and you were there. I think something? that's what it was. There was some yeah. kind of weird thing. Cause I know someone got to it pretty early and when they got to it, it was like very anticlimactic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I just lost interest, and then with the first update, which I think was n- uh, the next update, I think it added, if I remember right, a little more story stuff. Uh, so I made it kind of interesting, and but it wasn't enough, right? Mm-hmm. Because once I realized, once I kind of got over it, I looked up like everything they had promised, and I was like, oh my god, like. Now I fully understand why people are angry. Like I don't understand why people were sending death threats yeah, to, but to them. People are extremes. <laughs> that's it, why. Yeah, I mean that was a very toxic time in gaming. So I think that was still coming off the Gamergate kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, it it's always fun seeing a new update for No Man's Sky. You know, I think. Each time a new update comes out, I try to play like at least like an hour mm-hmm. to kind of like see what's new. And when they added like building a settlement, I thought that was so cool because you actually really can build like a nice settlement and right. actually have like people living there. And I think now you can actually kind of make an economy out of it where it's like, you know, 
a more like detailed Minecraft village. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you can have like robots helping out and it, I would say at this point with the amount of updates and stuff added to it, I feel like it's the game that they were trying to sell in the beginning mm-hmm. because there's a lot more story to it. There's a lot more interactivity, right? You can actually do co-op now, which is cool because before it was like, supposedly you could end up on the same planet with someone else, but they'd be like a little ghost or something. Right Now you can team up with like some friends and just kind of explore, which is fun. Like it's, it's a really cool game, but I would say it's not really for me anymore. Like, like I said, every update I check it out and then I'm like, Oh, that's fun. I'm glad people who were playing this are probably really enjoying it. But because there's so much to it, I just get kind of over it. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, like when they introduced it, like abandoned freighters in space, it's just cool. Like I, I love that there's trying to just give all this free stuff to their fans, right? They don't charge anything. And right. Oh, they can't really. <laughs> like after how I feel much like at this backlash, point they could. Probably. Like right? if they did like, like a $15 update or something like that, I feel like people would pay for it. Cause I'm like sitting here thinking, like, you know, there have been so many major updates. Like, there can't be a whole lot more people buying this game to like mm-hmm. pay the bills, but I know that game like sold a lot. Well, they are working on a new game. I'm not sure what it is, but I'm wondering if they're they're keeping everything free to keep the fans happy. And then mm-hmm. once they come out with their new game, like then people will be more, yeah, I guess, attracted to paying for it. Right. Or like they're they're going to be more open to it saying that like Hello Games is actually a great studio, you know, like it, it yeah. kind of makes sense that they're they're doing it that way. But yeah, it's a it's a good game now, you know, like I I could recommend it to somebody that wanted it. You know, it's it's funny with the amount of stuff in it. And then you look at, say, Starfield, it's oh God, <laughs> it's very interesting because granted, they're two different games, right? Starfield's supposed to be more narrative heavy. Supposedly, you're supposed to be an explorer that explores everything, but it doesn't feel that way. No, <laughs> with No Man's Sky, it just works. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I guess this is a pivot in the Starfield. Um, I know we we're probably trying to avoid that, but it just happens to be because I mean, I really, mean, when it, I it's hard not to talk about both of them anymore, because I feel like Starfield is the perfect commercial for people to go pick up No Man's Sky, <laughs> right? Like. It's the perfect advertising tool for them. Or like Elite Dangerous, too. Mm -hmm. Like, there's quite a few good space games where you explore and do stuff or have dogfights, but they're not. Well, I guess Elite Dangerous is kind of well known now, but yeah, a lot of people were doing the comparison to No Man's Sky with Starfield, and I think i put about 20 hours or so in the starfield and the whole time i was playing it i was like oh well you know maybe this this quest line's gonna pull me in 
harder than the last one. And, you know, there there were certain factions that I was like, oh, this was good. Like, I like this. But I think the key problem I had with that game is the thing that they were trying to sell everybody on the most was here are 10 million planets. Like, you get to explore everything. You're an explorer. And it's mm-hmm. like, here's the thing. If you're marketing explore planets, Let but explore you kind of planet. make it where you need to fast travel everywhere yeah. without taking an ungodly amount of time, you're kind of destroying the idea of what you want the player to experience. And... For me, I kept hearing people, when I was playing it, I kept hearing people saying, being very negative about it for that reason. Like, oh, like, you're just in menus all the time. Like, you're not actually exploring. And at first I was like, oh, that's kind of crazy. Like, I feel like I'm not always in the menu. But eventually, you always are in a menu. And those Mm -hmm. loading times on the menus suck. And it's just like, if it was like instant, I probably wouldn't care so much. But... I went into the game with low expectations and I was like, it's okay. But yeah. in a lot of ways, I'm also like, there's not a whole lot there for me. And I know a lot of people who have played it like personally. And I feel like I only know two people that finished it. Mm-hmm. And that's saying something is one is well, one is a big Bethesda fan, so it's not kind of surprising at all. But the problem is, is like, oh, when I started playing it, people were like, oh, you need the new game plus it to see a lot more of the story and get an understanding of it. That and sucks. That sucks. I'm the kind of person that like. Don't make me play the game twice. Just to get well, the, the thing story, is, you know, like, the one thing I will give them though about that is that supposedly once you do the first mission, you can actually have it so it skips the whole main story. Interesting. And then just takes you to like the new stuff that you would explore. And supposedly, like every time you new game plus it, there's something kind of different. Like, mm-hmm was reading someone had like new game plus six or whatever. And it was like, they were still finding like random stuff, but Interesting. I'm not the kind of person that would want to do that. Like it's very hard for me to get into a new game plus, especially nowadays. Like when I was younger and had a lot more time, I was cool with that. But mm-hmm. I mean, but we also had year. like one game a year, right? It, it, exactly. <laughs> look at look at the last two months. How many games have come out that are actually really good? I mean, yeah. this year alone, there's been many. But just the past like two, three months, it's just like relentless. Like last year, I felt like I was actually keeping up with all the games I wanted to play. But I'm looking at my list that I've been trying to make for just this year alone, and I'm like, oh my god, there's still like over 10 games I want to play and a lot of them are big right like Boulder's Gate Armored Core like there's so many that I'm like I I can't waste time playing a game forcing myself through it and I think the one thing I'll give Starfield is it made me realize that because Mm -hmm. before if I wasn't really interested in a game I still in my mind was like well I should at least see it through Mm -hmm. right like I should at least play the game. Maybe I'll like it in the end. But with Starfield, I couldn't do that. 
And mm-hmm. I'm grateful that it taught me like, hey, like, just move on. Mm-hmm. You don't you don't need to finish it. Like you're not trying to prove yourself to anybody. And I'm like, hmm. That that is a good lesson to learn, I will say. Right. And I I tried playing Starfield. I think I put about like 10, 10, 12 hours into it eventually. Yeah. I uh, and I I I came to that point where I just I realized I was forcing myself to play this game because yeah. it was the new game out, right? And I I felt like I was missing something. Like I felt like I just didn't get it and I was hoping that the next quest would make me get it. But it became like madly confusing. I didn't really know where I was going. This whole grand scale that they have of this giant universe to explore felt very very small because the game wants you to fast travel to these places. It doesn't want you to explore and fly around and all that stuff. And you can tell whenever you're in the ship, right? Like when you're orbiting a planet and you're flying around, you're going slower than crap. Like you're not going to get anywhere, right? Like mm-hmm. you, you you basically are stagnant in the air, even with your boost on. So like you have to fast travel to these places. It's kind of like forcing that upon the players themselves. And it just, you're right. Like it, it's okay to not do something that you're not enjoying. And that speaks bounds to not just games too. Like if there's a game out there that you're just not driving with, that's okay. Like just stop playing it. Right. And, but that kind of goes also with everything you do in life. If there's something that you're doing that you really, really aren't really enjoying it at all, it's okay to stop doing that thing. You don't have to keep doing that. You don't have to keep, you know, keep up with that pattern or keep up with the Joneses and, because everyone's playing this, I need to play this. Or because everyone's doing this, I need to do this. Like, that's mm-hmm. not the case. So I I will say, you're right. The one thing that Starfield has given us, and it's a great thing, is realizing that it's okay to stop playing something that you don't enjoy or stop doing something that you don't enjoy. And I think a lot of people are actually realizing that, right? Like, But it, it I feel like it's also going hand in hand with the idea of, like, because I, I, I even put the game down. And I was like, you know what? Maybe I'll come back in a year, right? Like I had that thought. And then I started thinking about it again. I'm like, why would I think that? You know, like, why am I thinking like, oh, like magically in a year, this game's going to be maybe something different. But it's because all like lately, most games that come out, they don't come out 100% finished or fully, fully fleshed out. But in like a year, two, three they keep getting more and more updates and all of a sudden it's actually an interesting title to play, right? And that's becoming more and more okay and we're accepting that more as players. But back in the day, whenever things were on a disc only, we couldn't update things constantly like this, right? Like that wasn't a possibility. If a game sucked, the game sucked. Like they Mm -hmm. were forced to actually make sure the game ran on the systems that they were trying to put it on, first of all, right? Like, that's pretty important. But now that's not even a requirement. It's not even required that a game runs on the systems that they're releasing it on. Because, ah, it's fine. In three months, they'll just send out a patch. But I'm going to buy it anyway, right? Like, how does that make sense? You know, like, from a consumer point of view, I'm going to buy something I can't touch for three months? Like, why would you do that to yourself? Right. Like, so it's it's kind of it's pretty bizarre. I don't know. It's it's a weird situation going on. And I I hope that this I mean, I already know it's going to still continue on forever and ever now. Like, this is just the landscape of games is the question is how many companies can actually afford 
to consistently update games like that at that level. Probably not a lot, right? There has to be a bigger game title or a bigger studio, but or it's a major passion project for whoever's designing it. But yeah, it's I just don't like that trend. I don't like where it's kind of going with that. Yeah, it. I feel like this generation for gaming, it it happens a lot because there's so many different like, you know, you look at consoles alone, right? Like consoles usually are pretty even, right? The Series X and PlayStation 5. And granted, the Series S probably bogs down the X a little bit. And then you look at PC where like not everyone has a great graphics card. So even running a lot of these games is kind of hard. And I feel like maybe because early access became such a comfortable release on Mm, Steam, people started realizing maybe we could do that on other platforms, something like that, right? Like they have to meet a deadline to release a game broken or not. And when it comes with Starfield, it's not so much that it's broken. It's more so things that you can't really change unless you it's, change a lot. Like, it's, it's not like it's No boring. Man's Sky. It, it's, that, it's worse than broken. It's just kind of boring. It's yeah. kind of like a it's like a meh game, right? Like, that's hard to fix unless you do a complete overhaul of the complete title. Like... I look at No Man's Sky, which was just lacking features, mm-hmm. right? Then you look at Starfield that kind of just lacks anything of substance. Right. And then, I mean, you look at some other games that had really rocky starts, right? You look at Final Fantasy fourteen that started out very negatively. And, oh, yeah. you know, a few years later, they totally killed the game literally in the game. <laughs> And that is the most iconic and best way to do this. I, I wish more games did that, right? Like if No Man's Sky all of a sudden came out with this huge update that kind of like changed things around, right? They, they've they've gone past this point, right? But like if the universe freaking like imploded on itself and all of a sudden like from that a new Big Bang started and this is the new world that you're exploring, right? Like that would be so cool and iconic because that's what Final Fantasy did. And I, I love that. <laughs> I love the fact that they made it a giant world event. How cool is that? Like, get the whole fan base in this where it's like, we get it. This is not good. And but guess what? Like, we are starting fresh. We are turning the page on this and we are going to fix this. And they did. They actually made a really great game. I mean, 14 was fun. I I really enjoyed it for what it it was, you know. Definitely is one of my favorite MMOs still. Like, when it comes to like a 3D one, like, yeah, I I mean I have almost a thousand hours in it, so I do like it. But I mean, yeah, the video is crazy when you see like how they ended the world. It's crazy. But mm-hmm. you know, I think when we come to like games releasing broken, I mean, obviously the the big one is Cyberpunk. I mean, yeah. When that game that came d- that out, didn't like run. <laughs> it so I played it on console when it came out. I bought it day one for some reason, even though like I wasn't the kind of person that was super hyped on it. Right. Mm -hmm. I knew about it because they, I mean, they announced it like years before it came out. Right. So they had like all these years to work on it. And I had like a few friends that were hyping it up for me over time. 
And it's funny because they ended up not getting it day one, okay. whereas I did. Because I was like, ooh, I like a cyberpunk setting. Why not? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I played on a PlayStation 4, regular, not a pro. So it it chugged, that's for sure. And it, it crashed here and there, right? I, I had some glitches in it that I definitely saved photos of because it's just, you know, cars, you know, standing on their nose or their, their hood, mm-hmm. like straight yeah. up in the air, like a freaking tower. And right. it, it was broken in a lot of ways. You know, there was a lot of things wrong with it. And I mean, definitely at full price, like, yeah, it, it was shitty mm-hmm. in a lot of ways, but I still beat it. Like, honestly, like it was weird. I couldn't put the game down even back then when it first came out, like I would just play through the crashes because deep down, I was like, the story is good. It's, you captivating. Know, it's just, it is a very, it, very captivating story. And I've played janky games. Like I've played a lot of broken games because I love playing janky broken games on the computer. So for me playing this, as long as the saving works just fine, which it did, there was a lot of like auto saving. So it was kind of perfect. So I never really lost anything, but I really like that world. And, you know, to think like, like I'm like that game was just, absolutely hated i mean there was a point where it was five dollars like a game that's crazy that's so crazy people were thinking like oh they're just gonna give up on it because for a while there there was really no changes or they would do updates but it wasn't like enough Mm -hmm. and i remember people just kind of gave up on it and it's interesting how i think that anime really jumped life back into it because i know like before that anime they they fixed it enough where it wasn't crashing as bad but even though they may have fixed it it was nothing flashy enough to pull people back to it and i think that's the other problem with releasing a broken game is that yeah in a year or so you may fix it but if you're not changing, if you're not adding anything new to entice people, people aren't going to come back, mm-hmm. right? Like Starfield could fix everything, make everything run faster, do that. But unless they like drop some crazy DLC that would pull people in, like I'm pretty sure most people won't go back to it. Yeah. But you look at Cyberpunk and it's like, not only did they patch the game, pre like you know the 2.0 that just came out Mm -hmm. where it was working but they you know constantly were kind of updating it visually and stuff then you know edge runners came out and supposedly like they sold i think like like a million or two copies just after that came out maybe a few more and like people were interested in again and then the dlc was announced and people were like oh like they they still want to work on this and, and it's uh big dlc that's 18 that's plus hours it's of like content yeah the 2.0 update alone like i was playing that the other day just checking it out because i had i had beat the game so like i had a, a lot of skill points i could mess around you know i mm-hmm. think 
The only thing kind of bummer is that you can't really reset all the time that you want. Um, you can one of the uh, you can I think you can respect the skills, but the attributes I think you can only do once uh, or twice. Gotcha, gotcha. And uh, so I went and changed my build to like the sword user for the most part. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, I love it. Like it's the 2.0 update alone really changed it enough where I was like, oh God, like I, I don't want to replay the whole story, but I want to play the DLC just because I want to be in that world again. Because my favorite thing about that game was just how gorgeous Night City was. Like oh, yeah. the music in the game is fantastic. That touches almost every genre. Mm-hmm. And just driving around in the beautiful visuals in that beautiful city, it it was a vibe. And oh, yeah. that alone, I love the deserts were just gorgeous. Like it's a very like beautiful game. It's a and game then that's the alive. DLC came out, it, and people are like so- saying this is one of the best DLCs to ever come out, or you know, it's high up there. And I'm like, damn, they really did turn this game around. Like I feel mm-hmm. like people don't feel burnt by that game anymore but i know that people still kind of talk about like in passing like oh man this game was broken but now look at it you know yeah. like right it's it's cool seeing it fixed yeah i i did not pick this up day one because of the whole no man's sky thing like mm-hmm. i saw the scale of cyberpunk and i went oh great here we go again you know so yeah. I, I stayed away from it and I actually just recently started playing it. And oh my God, I love this game. I love everything about this game. And it's funny, like, even if you're not driving the car and an NPC is driving the car, like, you'll have conversations with them. It gives you the option to skip the ride, right? So you can just get to <laughs> where you need to go. I don't. I look out the window. <laughs> like, I'm that kid that's just staring out the window and looking at all the sights because. There's just so much to look at in this game. It's beautiful. And the story is absolutely captivating. The character development is insane. Like Jackie Wells, when like, what a great character. And man, to like those like sad parts, like they really hit hard. And Mm -hmm. like they, you know, at first I was like, oh boy, Keanu Reeves. Okay, here we go. He's in a video game. But as you know, as Silverhands, Johnny Silverhands, it's it's wonderful seeing that, right? Like, and he just fits in this world. And I, I just, I don't know. There, there's something about this game that I absolutely love it. And there, there's so many references too. Like, and I, I don't even know if they're references, but they just feel like they are. So they must be like little homages. Like, there's someone there in the art department or in development that it wants to throw certain things out there, right? Like the very first mission that you're doing, you're smuggling something. You open it up and it happens to be a live iguana, right? Like, that, I don't think that's spoilers, right? Because it's not much. To yeah. it, but it's just, it's fun. But that is like straight from Blade Runner or Do Android Shame of Electric Sheep for the, you know, purist out there. <laughs> but it's, you know, like, because that was a symbol of class. That was a symbol of like wealth and actually like being someone, uh, being above people was owning a living animal not an extinct animal. And I love the fact that even in a small tidbit of conversation, he brought up the fact when, um, when he's talking with Takamura at one point, there's a cat that shows up on the balcony and they're like, oh, wow, like a real cat, right? And your V even brings up the fact and he's like, yeah, you know, first it was the birds, then it was this. Like 
letting the people know that like animals do not live here anymore like they are extinct like furthering the fact that even something as simple as owning a pet like a simple house cat would be very exotic right like the the fact that you have enough money and disposable income to take care of something else and not just take care of something else but a living breathing thing shows wealth and class and like that's so cool that that's from that right and then mm-hmm. um misty in the character in the game her haircut and her look is exactly the same look as um, one of the uh, androids in Blade Runner, right? And it's, I think that's mm-hmm. really, really funny that that's there. And then recently, in one of the missions I did, I was like, holy crap, they took the scene from 2001 Space Odyssey, right? Like the ending iconic scene where like you're, it's just a light show, right? And you're mm-hmm. going through these columns and stuff like that. Like you go into cyberspace at one point and you're going behind the black wall and you're being warped through the tunnel of 2001 Space Odyssey. I'm like, this is awesome. But I I just, I absolutely love the look of it. I love the fact that like you can change the look of your character as you go along. And at one point, you know, something happens to V and uh, he gets hurt, right? So I went into the, the character creator again because I was just like kind of looking if there was anything that I might want to change up. And there happened to be a scar that was available that, sounded like it fit really perfect with what happens to v and i was like oh you know what i'm putting that scar on him right so now i have the scar like as if it the action actually happened to my character i don't like the little things like that i i really do adore about this title and it's not just the story beats like the action is on there it's on point it's fun you can go at it full stealth if you want to that's hard to do though it's kind of easier just to run and gun (laughs) to be honest um but it's it is really fun being like a little net runner and just going through and hacking everyone and like distracting them and blowing things up and taking over cameras and like being true like spy, right? But also it just I don't know. I, I love it. The aesthetic is fantastic, the costume design, like they've done so much work to this game. And I think the reason why this game works so, so well is because they had a very strong base to work with they had a really great foundation like yes it was buggy and it might have crashed a lot and it didn't run on everyone's system it wasn't calibrated for that but the story was already there the world development and the work and the passion and the writing and all that was already there all they had to do was make it run right like they had the idea already and it just it works man like if this game didn't come out you know, a few years ago and it came out this year, this would definitely be like one of my top games of the year. And I beat Baldur's Gate 3. I absolutely love Baldur's Gate 3. And, you know, those two games for me right now, for like 2023, Baldur's Gate and Cyberpunk are like my most memorable titles. And that says a lot, especially with how many different types of games that come out. I mean, like Tears of the Kingdom, all that, right? Like there's such great titles out there, but those two really, really hit home for me. And it's just, it's amazing to see. Like, I I love Cyberpunk right now. Like, I want to do a full deep dive. I want you to play the DLC so we can have, like, like a full-on conversation about that because it's so good right now. It, it, yeah. I, I'm happy that they stuck with it. And it's funny because this is, you know, I, I the whole upset I've been talking about, like, how I don't come back to these games. It's easy to get burned and things like that. But I think the difference between this and maybe like no man's sky or looking at starfield is 
I didn't play Cyberpunk when it first came out. I just admired it from afar. And it always looked gorgeous to me no matter what, even from the beginning. It just didn't run right. And I was like, you know, that's fine. And I didn't have a strong enough PC and I knew that. So that's why I waited. And now that I have one, I was like, well, let me try it out. And I'm very happy that I'm able to actually experience the game. Now, are there glitches still? Yeah, sure, there are. There's a couple of things that have happened where I'm like, well, that sucks. Or I've had a couple crashes, you know, but it's nothing like that takes you out of the game because it's so enticing and so captivating. Like, it, there's been a few times where I call my car and it shows up like 300 meters away. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, like, the place I'm trying to get to is closer than where my car got dropped off, <laughs> like, which doesn't make any sense. So I'm like, whatever, man, I'm walking. But then I can't get mad at that because I look at where the car is. I'm like, eh. I kind of want to walk down the street anyway, because who knows what I'm going to find, right? Like, there's so much cool stuff to just find in this world, because it really does feel alive. There, There's so much here to this. So I, I think that's the big difference as far as, like I said, when you're talking about the, like games like No Man's Sky to this, No Man's Sky didn't was empty, right? It just didn't have all the functionality that it had promised. Starfield, the story is not strong. So even if they go through and update it and all this stuff, like they need to do a full overhaul of it. Cyberpunk had a strong vision from the start and a really great story from the start. So all they had to do is polish it up and just keep adding to this amazing world. So it's kind of tough to say, like, what's the right path here, right? Because even looking at games like Boulder's Gate, Boulder's Gate is still constantly updating its game too, to the point where they've even added new endings uh, to the title. But they're responding to how people are reacting to things and just the fact that people want it to be, they want to play more games, so they're just adding more game and more fun to it. And so it's it's kind of like a different side of the same coin where these games that are not good are constantly updating themselves to actually be a game that people would enjoy again. And then you have games like Baldur's Gate that are solid games, but they're still constantly updating it to make it even more solid, right? Like, so this mm-hmm. this idea of just like constant updates to games is going to be a forever thing across all titles, even if it's a success or not. It's just adding to the longevity of the game and keeping it relevant for years and years to come, right? I mean, No Man's Sky is still relevant seven years later, you know? So it, sh- it shows. Like, there there is proof behind that. Cyberpunk has been around for a few years and it's still like amazing like people love this game right and with the new updates and everything it just makes it more and more like approachable and more people are going to be reaching out to it and playing this game and i can see the same thing happening with boulder's gate right boulder's gate 3 is going to be a game that people play for a very 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 long time so there, there's something to this and I, like as much as i'm not a big fan of it i i kind of get it at the same time so i don't know i like, i don't know if it's really is this a good thing? Is this the path that we should be following for games? I, I don't know, but it's it's here and it's what we got to deal with. So, <laughs> All right, well, that's going to do it for us this week. Hope you guys enjoyed our little conversation here. It was a little bit, you know, a little heavy, trying to get some real raw emotion out of y'all. <laughs> but it's it is an important thing uh, thing to discuss, right? It is the future of games and how we how they get released to us, and it's uh, sending a message to game developers. And it could be a false message of it's okay to ship broken games, 
right? And they don't know, they don't really care about how many bridges they burn because six years later, they can still be having relevant sales instead of just a spike of sales when it first comes out, right? So it, it's, a, it's a weird one. It's a weird situation to be in, but that's where we are, right? And hopefully the future just keeps it brighter and bigger and we get bigger and bigger titles that just the the passion stays i just hope the passion stays with these projects like they have been with things like cyberpunk and all that anyway we'll talk to you guys next week with some more games and all that good stuff in between but until then bye for now